0: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to come and study your word together. And Lord, we just ask for a blessing once more. We ask that you'd please be with us, guide us and lead us with your spirit, O Lord, and inspire these words that we're about to look at. And please guide us, we pray, into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Okay. So... uh, I'm just pushing the comments to the side. You know, I want to look at little things this evening. You know, what we choose to do in those seconds that we wait for a bus amounts to big things in life. This may seem funny, but how long you spend on the toilet or in the bathroom, it matters. It really adds up. It's the things that are in between the big things that really add up. It's like the pause the intermission between when you're at an opera, those minutes that you have add up very quickly. You know, it's the life that's lived in between in these small pockets of time that really add to the big things in life. A speck on the lung can become a big issue. A little mole on your leg can become something bigger than just that mole. You know, friends, it's these little things in life that really add up to really big things in our lives. And I wanna look at a familiar story this evening, Gideon's army, you know, um, it wasn't a big army, it was a, a, a mass of 300 men. Let's turn our Bible to Judges chapter seven and verse 16. Judges chapter seven and verse 16. You know, Gideon's army, they represent the work of the three angels' messages going forward. At the end of time. And Judges chapter 7 and verse 16, they're about to attack the enemy. And here it talks about how he divides them. It says here, and he divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. The trumpet, they're going off the wall, they're giving a loud cry. They're giving a certain sound. With a lamp in their hand, with a picture, the lamp is the Word of God, Psalms 119, 105. So when the lamps are all lighted up and there's three companies running down the hill, God's glory accompanies them and fights for them. It is represented by the fourth angel in Revelation chapter 18 that comes down with power and great glory and lights up the whole earth with its glory. But how did these soldiers get to this point? You know, how did it whittle down all the way down to 300 men? Because it's the preparation for this. I mean, they're going into battle already. And I believe that that time when they're running down the hill and they're alight with God's glory, they are already filled with the Holy Spirit, the latter rain. That's the timeline that I see in our day that applies to us when we study Gideon's story. And it's not so much what happens beyond that because the rest is history. The rest is God is going to be victorious and he will fight for us. But the most important thing that we look at really is the preparation that Gideon had with his army in order to prepare them to fight. For us, it is the preparation of the latter rain. What can we do to receive the latter rain to ensure that we are victorious and that we are the head and not the tail and God will fight for us and be with us at the end of time? Let's go back a bit earlier in Judges chapter 7. You know, there is even a whole lot to study in Judges chapter 6, but we're just staying in Judges chapter 7 this evening. At the beginning of that chapter, Judges, um, chapter 7, Gideon, he makes a trumpet sound and rallies the soldiers of the Israelites. And out from the woodworks come 32,000 men ready to fight with Gideon alongside for battle. And when Gideon, he, he's ready to move forward, God says, wait, wait, wait. First, you got to do a call that is pretty standard. If anybody's afraid, please just go home. Why? Because your army is as strong as your weakest link. And so he says, look, whoever is afraid, just go home. It's fine. And of the 32,000, 22,000 people left, only remaining 10,000. But even then, what does God say? Judges chapter 7 and verse 4. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there." And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So God says, look, you still got too many men. 10,000 is too much. And so we're going to have a test. And he doesn't even tell Gideon what the test is so that Gideon cannot you know, tell his closest friends or the ones that he thinks is the most valiant men. Verse 5. So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men, but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And God says what? This 300 men is the ones that I'm going to go to battle with. You know, friends, what was the difference? To get on your knees to drink, which means you'd have to put off your shield and your sword or your spear, and you'd get down and you have to scoop up the water. But the people that lapped the water, they would scoop it up with their hand, and drink. They would be watchful. Do you see that? Where the Bible says we have to watch unto prayer when it comes to the second coming of Jesus. We have to watch. We have to be ready and and alert at all times. And so God says, this is the group of people that will go with me. 300 men with Gideon. They would go off to battle together. And what was it? Just how you drank water. Friends, it is by the little things that God prepares us for the bigger things in life. And it's not only with Gideon and his army. When you look throughout Scripture, you look at Samson. Simply don't cut your hair. Even though he was in this ungodly relationship with Delilah, even though he had done all these things and it was out of passion, yet God had not forsaken him so long as he did not, cut his hair. Then you look at Abraham. God said, Abraham, in order for me to bless you, I need you to leave your country. That's it. Just leave, get up and move on. It's in these little things that God tests us, determines whether he can bless us, determines whether he can trust us. It's in these little things, in the pages of Scripture in between. You know, Abraham is most well-known for sacrificing his son Isaac, amongst and many other stories. But many of us, we don't realize that if he had not left, God could not have blessed him. He had to pick up and leave and go. Consider Daniel, of course, the most famous of all the characters about little things. Don't eat the meat or drink The wine he purposed in his heart, it is in these little things. Even, yes, friends, what we eat, and in the case of Gideon, what or how they drank. It's these little things that are a big deal to God. Joseph, he was faithful as a slave in the house of Potiphar. You know, he was also faithful when he was in the dungeon. Unfairly and unjustly put there. But yet it's in these little things of life that God is training him for the bigger affairs of life. It was in the dungeon that he learnt to be a merciful and faithful prime minister for the whole of Egypt. Friends, it's in the dark corners of our life when no one is watching that it's then that God is molding us. Not when you're standing on a stage before 1,000 people. Not when you're singing a a wonderful song to a hundred thousand people it's not on the big stages of life that god tests us only but it will demonstrate whether we've been faithful in those little areas of life king david what prepared him to be a good and wise king it was when he was taking care of sheep day and night It's in these little areas of life that God is molding our characters. He's testing us. He's training us. He is preparing us. John the Baptist. All God told the parents for John the Baptist was what? Don't drink wine or strong drink. You know, it's interesting. A few of these is talk about what? Diet. Does it really matter what we eat and drink? It does. It does. It's in these little areas of life that our lives are molded and shaped for eternity. Consider Elisha. When Elijah came and threw the mantle on Elisha, what was Elisha doing? What was he doing? He was just tilling the soil with the oxen. He was minding his own business. He was being faithful to that which God called him. And you know what he would do before he became the prophet that would take over Elijah and do many more miracles than Elijah ever did? He was just washing the feet of Elijah. That's all he was doing. It's in these little areas of our lives, in these little times that God is preparing us, that God is molding us, that he's making us ready and fit to be called his sons and daughters of God. And finally, of course, Jesus, before he became the son of God, to start healing the sick and preaching to the poor and blessing everybody, what was he doing? He was just a carpenter in his father Joseph's house. And even that wasn't his real father, you know? So friends, it's in these little areas of life, the minutes and the seconds, that really matter and begin to mold our eternal destinies. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Look at what the Bible says. Luke 16 verse 10, "He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much." Friends, it's not possible to just think that in time of emergency that we can stand up and have this heroism about us and be ready just like that. Don't think that when the mark of the beast comes in at the end of time that we'll go, okay, I see the news, I see it spreading, now it's time to get ready. Friends, by that time, our characters have probably been set in a trend for so long that habits that we've been forming over these times will be so difficult to break. Yes, there are some that have no idea about the mark of the beast, and they don't know when it's coming, just like us, but they have not the light nor the truth. But there are many of us who at this time understand the truth as it is in Jesus, but we are lackadaisical in our efforts. Friends, it's these times, the seconds and the minutes that we are living in, that Jesus is testing us. He's molding us. He's shaping our eternal destinies. In the book, Councils on Health 304.4, CH 304.4, this is what Ellen White writes. Gather up the fragments, let nothing be lost. Referring to the feeding of the 5,000, and they gathered up 12 basketfuls, right? Gather up the fragments, let nothing be lost. Waste not the minutes in talking. Wasted minutes mar the hours. Persevering diligence, working in faith, will always be crowned with success. Friends, sometimes we think two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. It's not very much in the space and the span of time that we're given throughout a 24-hour day. But friends, it adds up. It adds up. And you could probably finish a book in a week or two in the minutes that we waste. It's in these short little times that we can store up the rich treasures of God's word. I'll always remember there was one gentleman that came to our church many years ago in Dak, and he came and bore this testimony saying, I am so thankful to God for the traffic jam. Why? Because now I can listen to the audio Bible. And he is able to get through chapters and chapters of the Bible as he sits there in the traffic jam. And he says, now I don't look at that jam as something so Bad, but he praises God for it. It's in those minutes that we can use our time wisely for ourselves or for the glory of God. Friends, those minutes really matter. Another quote, Manuscript Release, Volume 8, 395, Paragraph 1, 8MR395.1. Let no one lose minutes by talking when we should be working. There are times when he has no right to talk, not to stand still. Make not others idle by tempting them to listen to your conversation. Not only is your own time lost, but that of others is wasted. When you spend in chatting the time you should spend doing your work. The word of inspiration tells us that we are not to be slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Then let all take hold of the work in earnest. Friends, in this new week, as we're about to reset, God is giving us six days to work. Sabbath, we can rest, and we got to be careful in the minutes that are wasted. You know, friends, we cannot keep Sabbath unless we are hard-working throughout the other six days. It's not just, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and that's it. It then says what? Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Then you can rest. We cannot keep Sabbath properly unless we've been hard-working throughout the whole week. Friends, those little minutes that are wasted away really do matter. And so friends, if you looked at the past and you go, you know what, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and we are repentant, Joel chapter 2, verse 13 tells us this, rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. And then, of course, it says in the New Testament, what? Redeeming the time that was lost. Friends, in this new week, let's redeem the time that was lost. Let's not redeem the time on Sabbath for the lost sleep that we've had because we've been intemperate with our work. We've not been focusing. We've not been faithful. But during the week, let's redeem the time that we can be a blessing to everybody. And that through those little minutes in between the hours, between our work and the time of play, our recreation and the time to sleep, we're using all those minutes wisely. Building upon God's kingdom, a sure foundation, an inheritance that fadeth not away. And so friends, let's recommit our hearts and our lives to God again this evening. And in this new week, we ask God, Lord, please, create in me a clean heart, refresh and renew my mind, and help me every minute to be used wisely, to count it wisely, to make sure that we're using it for your glory. That's my devotion this evening. Nothing long, something just simple to push us along the way in this new week. Let's bow our heads, friends. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you Thank you for reminding us again that in order to be watchful, Lord, we got to watch how we're using our time. Father, you have a purpose and a moment and time for everything. In the fullness of time, you sent your Son. Help us, Lord, to live purposefully this week, that every moment of time that you give us will not be wasted. And so, Lord, we just recommit our lives again into your hands this day as a Sabbath has come to a close, I pray that you would draw ever nearer to us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and guide us into this new week. This is our earnest plea and prayer, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.